This is the Behind the Micah podcast, where we discuss Jesus, community, and everyday life. I'm your host, Micah Stephen, and our goal is always to take people from where they are to where they need to be. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to the Behind the Micah podcast. Here we are, episode 27, and I am super pumped uh, today as a friend of mine uh, hops on here with us today, Patrick Glasser. He's on here. He's been a friend of mine for a while. We'll get into that here in just a little bit, but he is uh, has been in ministry. He's uh, continuing his ministry at Columbus Christian School this next year. I'm anxious to ask him a little bit about that, but Patrick, man, it's so good to have you on the show today. Micah, it's, it's great to join you, and thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So uh, I, I think back uh, when we first met was probably my first go-around at Columbus Christian. Um, I don't remember. I think if you go back a few episodes and we talk, uh, I think maybe it was 2011, 2012-ish. Something probably like sounds that. right. Yeah. Um, and uh, you, were, you were serving as the student minister at Columbus or East Columbus Christian, uh, at the time and I was teaching high school Bible and, uh, it was super cool, man. We got to meet, we talked about, uh, found out that you had a love for sports. Uh, and when I heard you were from Ohio, I instantly thought, man, this is a Reds <laughs> fan. Uh, turns out you were the other team in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, grew up in Northeast Ohio. So that lended itself to, to being that. So how far did you grow up from Youngstown? From Youngstown, oh, probably about an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, that was an hour and a half, two hours east of where I grew up. So. Okay, so you were def- so then you were closer to Cleveland than Pittsburgh. Because yeah. I got I got friends. I, in fact, I've had a guy on here that does ministry up in the Youngstown area, and he says he's even though he's in Ohio, he's closer to Pittsburgh than he is Cleveland. I mean, that's that's very possible. That's, yeah. that's very possible. Kind of in the area where my dad grew up. Um, I mean, it was like an hour, hour and 15 from, from Pittsburgh. So I gotcha. As we know, um, not, not, not a lot of good around sports wise in Pittsburgh. Well, that's, that is true. And you know what? I haven't found a whole (laughs) lot of love for anything Pittsburgh other than, uh, I do love their baseball stadium. I do love, uh, PNC park, uh, have been there and it's a great place, um, their team isn't very good, but but they have a great stadium. And the Primanti Brothers in Pittsburgh is a great place to eat. Um, put fries on your uh, everything. They put fries. Yeah, on that, that, that is a huge Pittsburgh thing to put fries on everything. And I didn't realize that, even though I grew up close to Pittsburgh until uh, just recently. So yeah. it's kind of wild. So okay, so tell me a little bit about how. Um, how you ended up here we are 2021 you've been in ministry for how many years now um and you know you talked a little bit about growing up in ohio uh you end up in indiana you've been in indiana now for a while how did it all start uh take me back to kind of uh first of all well first of all tell me how many years you've been in ministry yeah i've been in ministry for um it's going uh on 17 years i've been in ministry um just started 17 years in ministry. And so it's been, um, it's been a long time. You, um, did student ministry for a lot of it. Yes. Yeah. Student ministry for, 
for the biggest part of it, um, actually, um, considering um, the time that I uh, spent uh, doing ministry in college and internships and stuff like that. And then uh, after graduation, my time in ministry, definitely um, uh, most of it in student ministry. So, uh, so, so how did you, how did you kind of get this like, uh, idea that you wanted to be in ministry? Like, were you like, did you get, were you raised in the church? Did you, or, or was this something that came along later? Did somebody inspire you? Like, how did, how did this come about? Yeah. Um, honestly, uh, God had to do a lot of, a lot of working, um, on my heart because when I was in high school, I originally wanted to be a teacher and a basketball coach and I had planned on going to college to study, to be in education and to be in ministry. Uh, but throughout that, uh, God had started closing, um, a lot of doors, um, on opportunities. Um, I did not grow up in the church, uh, grew up going to a Catholic church until I was uh, a junior in high school. Uh, and then after that, um, during that year, um, some friends invited uh, my brother and I to start attending church with them, start attending youth group with them. And that kind of drew us into that. And, um, and, and throughout that, uh, even if I gave my life to Christ my junior year, uh, I still th felt uh, I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I wanted to be a teacher and a basketball coach, uh, but yeah. now I'm in ministry and I officiate basketball games. So I guess that's a, uh, uh, God's sense of humor. One would say, yeah. yeah, but how things had worked out. Uh, but, but yeah, just through, um, through closed doors and, um, God just kind of showing me where exactly he wanted me and what he wanted me to do, uh, is how I, uh, ended up in ministry and, um, and, and through the ups and downs and through the struggles and, and the heartaches and, and the successes and the joys, uh, through it all. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have, have traded it. So, uh, you end up going to Cincinnati, uh, Bible college, or I guess Cincinnati Christian, whatever you want to call it, or I guess <laughs> not even that anymore. Um, but, uh, so you end up going there and, uh, what was kind of, what kind of play, I guess you said you, you had a connected through a, uh, through youth group and tell me like, how in the world did you end up at, um, Cincinnati? You know? The honest truth is it was, um, a, a last option. I applied January of my senior year, if that gives you any idea. Um, not that I'm, I, I don't say this to, I mean, it's not a badge of honor or something, but it my, I mean, in high school, I mean, my grades weren't, I mean, I passed, I did, I did enough in high school to get by. Yeah. If I could get seized and get by and keep uh, my parents off my back and stay eligible to play, <laughs> to play ball. Um, I mean, I didn't try, I mean, C plus B minus was where my grades yeah. were at. Well, didn't realize how that would affect me going to college. And, yeah. so, um, when I went to, I mean, Cincinnati was, uh, I, I mean, after I realized God had closed those doors and I was going to go into ministry, um, I was looking, uh, I, I mean, Cincinnati was the one spot that I was looking at. 
it was um, it was one that I was familiar with. I had been there before. Um, oh, I mean, years back, I don't know if you remember, they used to do what they call winter weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I went there twice. I forgot youth, about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my youth minister was, uh, went to Cincinnati. Um, and so he would, he would take us down there. Uh, and I remember going my junior year and then also my senior year. And when we went my senior year, I remember taking my information down and applying to the school then. And so, uh, that's, that's how I ended up, uh, at Cincinnati. But, um, but, but I see God's hand all through it on, on why I ended up there and, and how I ended up there and, and, and all of it. So, so, you know, you could say, Hey, even though, you know, you had that and, and trust me, you're not alone, bro. Cause I had, I was the kind of the same way in high school, maybe worse than yeah. that. Um, just trying to get by and then, you know, things, a lot of things change, but, but who knows, man, you end up at Cincinnati and maybe you wouldn't be where you are today had it not been for, no, I, I definitely, I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at today. Have the family that I have today if I didn't end up at Cincinnati. I'm and assuming so, you met your wife there. Yeah, yeah, that was that's that was, that was a nice segue right there. And I, I mean, I guess I probably lobbed that up for you, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I met my wife Abby uh, there at Cincinnati uh, uh, during our freshman year. Okay, all right. So, so you go to Cincinnati, uh, enjoyable experience. Yeah, um, there probably met some some connections that you have in ministry today, even because of it. And then somehow you end up uh, not in the Columbus that you probably grew up hearing about, but in Columbus, Indiana. Is that yeah. was that your first ministry? Where, where was your first ministry at? Uh, well, first ministry, I did an internship um, between my junior and senior year in college at Perry Christian Church in Perry, Ohio, which is around which is in Canton. Uh, and so I, I did an internship there. Um, but first full-time ministry was in Columbus, Indiana. Uh, and uh, when I got there, I had known of Columbus, Indiana, because that is where my wife is originally from and, uh, and grew up and went to, went to high school uh, there. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, inter- I mean, again, going back to I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't end up at Cincinnati. Uh, while I was at Cincinnati, my senior year, um, I decided I was going to play basketball for the school there. Uh, they had a new coach um, at that time. And so I just thought, you know what, Let, let's give it a try. And, and it was a blast, had fun doing it. Um, but the coach that I played for, um, his dad at that time was the senior minister at East Columbus Christian Church. And so um, I had... Um, he had put me in touch with his dad because at that time they were looking to add a staff person to do elementary ministry. And so uh, I, I had applied and, and went through an interview. And I also um, had the option because part of the thing with my internship is they were looking to bring that person back on the following year full time. So um, that's kind of uh, where um uh, uh, where, where my wife and I were. And so here we are finishing up our senior year of college and uh, trying to figure out where it is that we want to, where we want to go. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to um, decide what was, where God wanted us. And we said that we would, um, that we would, uh, 
go to where the first the first house living place had opened up and even though um even though the the job in the canton area where i did my internship at was um was a a, a set full-time uh, a house opened up first in columbus uh, and I was starting out at part-time pay because I was doing the weekends uh, and they, they weren't sure how they were going to bring somebody. Uh, they were trying to figure out how to transition somebody else on. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was a huge leap of faith. Uh, and looking back now, it was one of many uh, leaps of faith either uh, that w- my wife and I both have taken uh, with when it comes to ministry and uh, in our life together. So, okay. So kind of a, a drawn out process, but kind of, uh, definitely a God led, um, you know, through it all, he, he opened doors and kind of pointed you in the direction that you needed to go. Since then you've done senior ministry. You've, uh, kind of, uh, now, now you're going into teaching, like kind of what you yeah. wanted to do. It's kind of taken a full circle back around yeah. and here you are. Uh, God, God took you back to Columbus uh, teaching there, which in the last episode, we talked to Kendall Wildey and that was a great episode on just, um, the importance of, um, not just, not, not that there's anything wrong with public school, but that private school plays a huge role and a, and a, and a great thing. I, you know, from my experience there, it was a great school. So you, so you end up back, um, at Columbus Christian. Yeah. In a different capacity, but, 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 but you're teaching there. Um, you, you have, well, Recently, you've had some crazy things happen, right, uh, in your life um, as yeah. far as your family has grown. Um, yeah. I, I, so tell me a little bit about that. I, wanna, I want you, know, you kind of to lead into that because I don't want to say anything the wrong way. Okay. Want, no, no, no. Kind of no, lead I, into it. Yeah. Um, so, um, you have, you have a son named Anderson and Anderson, you've had, you know, how old is Anderson now? Last time I saw him, he, he was like kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah, he's 12. Uh, he's yeah, he's he's in sixth grade now and transitioning into going to youth group. So this summer has been a little different for my wife, Abby, and I dropping him off at youth group events, leaving him there and then going back and picking him up. But uh, yeah, so we have we have two sons and our oldest son, Anderson's in sixth grade. Okay, so tell me about this, because I know this is this has been such a huge step for you. So uh, just within the last year, uh, not even year, probably what, six months, uh, would you say? Or is uh, it more than that? No, it, we just we just reached a six month part okay. uh, earlier this month. Okay. So, um, so I had you come speak at our church at, at yeah. Odin Christian, which was awesome. Heard nothing but good things. Um, I wanted to get you in and, and let you speak at our church. And around that same time, um, there was something major that took place in your life. Uh, you adopted a son, um, from Haiti. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, what, what, but before you tell me about him and tell me about, you know, tell me kind of what led you and Abby to make this decision to kind of go into adoption and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I mentioned already that I met my wife, um, at Cincinnati, um, when, at, at school there, uh, when I went there, I, I was going to be a youth minister and, um, she was going to, uh, study ministry or minute missions. I'm sorry, uh, study missions and her, and what she wanted to do right when she graduated, um, was move down to Haiti, 
uh, and, and work uh, there. She had worked with a, 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 a missionary, excuse me, in Haiti uh, for uh, a couple summers during her high school year, went down there um, and then uh, eventually went down there during our college years uh, for her um, for a summer to, to work down there. And after the first time, uh, when she was 16, she went to Haiti, uh, that place had held a special place in her heart. And as we uh, were dating and as we had, uh, were, were uh, getting to know each other, one of the things she talked about is um, wanting to adopt from Haiti one day. Uh, and um, honestly, when I met her, I had no idea. Um, my, I was very naive uh, on what missions was. Uh, and she's really opened my eyes and my heart to missions. And even to the country of Haiti, and, and she, she still works today. She, today, she, uh, she works for a mission organization that does work in Haiti. But so that's always been a part of her. And so she's always wanted to adopt. And after she's talked about that, as we were dating and, and through our engagement, and even after we were married, that is something that, um, that I definitely jumped on board with uh, and, and uh, was excited about. So, uh, so I, I mentioned we have a son, Anderson. Uh, he's 12. Uh, and then we have um, our youngest, uh, he, his name is Lionel, and he is from Haiti, and he just turned five back in June. And okay. um, so uh, uh, the process of adoption, I mean, even though we wanted to, uh, we knew we wanted to do it, we wanted to, to wait till we established a family. And so, so we did. Um, and then uh, in 2015, um, or uh, maybe 14, uh, we started the adoption process. Um, I mean, there's paperwork you have to fill out. There's, um, f I mean, it, filling out the paperwork and all the documents that you have to fill out, it, it's, it's kind of humbling. And it's kind of like, at times, because we had to put what kind of child uh, we wanted. Like if you wanted a child with, um, with special needs or had, had medical conditions and and we knew that we didn't have the capacity to care for a child like that, the resources, I guess I should say. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, but uh, we've talked to a lot of people and they're like, that's, that's not. And so we, we, we filled out all the, all the paperwork and we sent it off. Uh, and um, it, it, it is a long process. Uh, and so uh, again, kind of going back to this theme that I, it seems like we're talking about how God's hand is over, has been over, um, our lives. Um, when we started the process, uh, uh, Lionel wasn't even uh, born yet. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah, to think about. They, when we started the process, and we're saying, okay, we wanted to bring. Um, we knew we wanted to bring a boy home. We knew that we wanted um, him to be, because at the time, uh, we we wanted him. We we put the age frame that we wanted because we wanted our Anderson, our our, our biological son, to be. Um, to be the oldest. And so you can kind of choose that. So we knew, we knew our adopted son would be, would be younger. And so we filled out all that. And so they, then they match you up um, by, by doing that. Um, you have to have a home study done. You have to uh, write out um, like your beliefs and testimony, write about, I mean, just, just a lot of paperwork that, that goes into this. And so we filled all that out. And so, like I said, we started in 2014, and Lionel was born in 2016. And so it was Christmas of 2018. Um, the weekend before Christmas, we got 
um, a phone call from the adoption agency we were working with that said, we've matched you. Uh, and, um, and so uh, they sent us pictures uh, and, and kind of gave us a bio um, on him. And then later that um, after the first of the year, the end of January, beginning of February, my, myself and my wife, Abby, and our son, Anderson, went down to Haiti uh, mm. for, two we- for two weeks uh, to do what they call a socialization trip to where you go down. And we stayed on the campus of the, 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 the creche where he was staying. Um, and uh, it, throughout the days, he would, we would go pick him up and he'd spend time with us just to make sure that it's a fit and, and everything uh, meshes well together and goes well. And, um, and so, so yeah, we, 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 we did that for two weeks um, there. And then that was one of the hardest things you up until then never, never knew who, who this child was. And then we, we get there and we meet him. Um, and at this time he's two years old. So he's, he's shy. And I want to get into his story here in just a minute because his story is, is incredible as well. Um, and so, um, and so, but over the two weeks we bond and grow close and then happen to leave after those two weeks and not have an idea of when we would go back to get them. Uh, so that was in 2019, um, in February, 2019, we left and then. But so in 2019, not, not to cut you off, but in 2019, you, that was that like, you were for sure adopting him then, like even though you'd he, went down and met him. He, yeah, he was ours, and there were still some, there, there are still some other paperwork and things that needed to be done uh, that needed to be happen. Um, and uh, and and I guess all roads were leading to us um, adopting him. And then there was at one point throughout the process where um, a document became official that he was legally ours, but then there was other. Um, hoops that needed to be jumped through before we could finally go down and get them. So, um, but yeah, 2019, we knew he was ours. And, and so basically from 2019 in February, 2019 until Christmas of 2020, I mean, we, 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 I would, it seemed like daily multiple times a day, just look on where he was at the crushes, uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook, just to see, cause they, 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 they did an incredible job of posting kids pictures just to see, Hey, if he was in a picture, if he was in a video. Um, but the one thing that we felt good about is it was a, it was a very well run ran crash and still is today. And we knew that he was loved and taken care of. Uh, yeah. and, and even though we were hundreds of miles away. So, um, go back just for a minute to the, the point where Abby tells you, Hey, um, this is something that's on my heart. This is something that I want to do. Uh, you said even before you guys were married, this was something that she kind of laid out on the table. Um, did you ever think it was really going to happen or was it one of those things where you just kind of were like, okay, cool. You know, we'll, one day we'll get around to it. You know, kind of one of those things. No, I knew it was really going to happen. Um, I knew, I mean, her, her passion about it and, um, and even um, I, I was, I was totally, um, totally for it um, to be able to, uh, to, to be a part of something like that. Um, it wasn't. Um, now there are times throughout the process <laughs> where um, I doubted whether it would um, finish and we'd get to the finish line. 
um, after after we were waiting so long and um, deadlines would pass or you're because basically the ball's out of your court and you're waiting on a you're waiting on other people to get something done. You're waiting on a on a foreign government to 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 get paperwork done. And so it, I mean, you talk about um, trust and faith. I mean, we had to have trust and faith. I mean, not not only I mean, obviously in God to to do that, but also in those people to get to get their jobs done. How um, how hard is it to adopt? I mean, how I mean. You know, there's this, you talked about this long, lengthy process, you know, of course you figure in other things and, and, and you don't have to go into detail on this, but, but it, from what I understand, it's a very expensive thing, um, process and not only, not only financially, but you know, you, it's just, it's, the, there's so much that's entailed in this. Um, is it difficult to adopt? I mean, there are, um, financial, um, financial, um, things that you have to do. Um, I mean, it's not like you, um, yeah, it, it just happens for free, but, but yeah, there's financially, um, and, and even emotionally, yeah. um, uh, because there, I mean, there's the, I mean, even before, I mean, for the almost four years we were waiting to get matched. I mean, there were, there were things of ours that we had to re up because they've expired and, uh, whether it's fingerprints or whether it's uh, information that we needed to update because um, it just had expired. So then, okay, we got to get that done and then start over again. And so just emotional, um, emotionally up and down. And then once you get matched, you're on that, that high thinking, okay, this is, I mean, we saw the pictures, this is going to be our son. And then we get excited and we tell friends, we tell family, we told our church family, and then we, we, we go down there uh, and we spend time with him and, and uh, we're, 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 we're hanging out with him and getting to know him. He's getting to know us. We build a bond. Uh, and then also while we're down there, um, I mean, we, uh, we were able to, to FaceTime with our, our families back here to kind of hopefully introduce him to them. And so you got that excitement of him becoming a part of not just our family, but our extended family. And then we have to leave. And then, so it's like, uh, it's like a gut punch. When are we going to come back? And then, and then again, you're waiting for things to happen and court dates to happen and, and somebody to pick up a document and a document to be uh, certified and document to be signed and a document to go here. And, and he had to go get doctor's appointments there before he could come. And you're just waiting for all of this stuff to happen. And, and you find out, okay, yeah, it's going to happen. And then you're kind of sitting on pins and needles. Okay. When's it? And then you're like, okay, it does happen. And then you, and then you wait, continue to wait. Uh, you get the call and say, Hey, let's schedule your flight. Let's schedule your time to go down there. And then it's like, okay, this is getting real. Why do you think it's so hard? Like, why do you think that it's, it, you know, certainly there's a need, right? I mean, there are, there are literally kids all over the place that are in need of, you know, adoption. And yet why, why do you think that it's so hard? Like, it's, you know, it's, it's made so hard to adopt when there's so many kids that could really use a home. You know, I, I don't know, because I, I struggled with that thought throughout the, our whole process thinking, why is it so hard? All we want to do is bring this child home, love him, uh, provide for him, uh, and, and, and try to give him the best life that he could. And I don't know. Um, I, I do know that, um, I mean, this happened before we started the process. 
uh, the earthquake in Haiti that happened in 2012 totally, totally changed the way they did adoptions and, and a lot more uh, to go through. Uh, and so, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's, I mean, with other countries, if they're like, I mean, they, they want to have all this red tape and they want to make sure that, that people are doing it for the right reasons. Um, I don't know. If they look and say, well, I mean, why is, why is an American family coming and doing this? Is, is America that great? I mean, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. it's something that even though I've gone through the process, I, it's hard to, to, to identify why is, why is it so hard? Because being on this side of it now, it's like, man, it shouldn't have been that hard, but it is. I, and I just can't put my finger on it. You know, um, <clears throat> So, so you, you go down and, and you make, and you, and you do this and you have to wait on documents and you have things, you know, and you meet him and those kinds of things. And then you get the, the phone call that this is, this is happening and you, and you, yeah. um, when, when beginning of this year, no, uh, it was, it actually, it, it happened right around Christmas. I guess Christmas is, is, I mean, in 2018 around Christmas is when we found out. And then this year, 2020, um, around Christmas, uh, I, I remember I was, um, I mentioned earlier, I, I was, I'm a basketball fish and I was refereeing a JV boys game in the early afternoon during Christmas break. And, um, and my wife, I look at my phone at halftime and my wife texts me and says, we're looking, this is when we're looking at going, um, and I'm working on the plane tickets now. And so, um, and, and, and so we, right after Christmas, um, we flew down. Um, we didn't get them as early as we thought because we had some travel issues because of luggage and everything else, which is a whole side story. Uh, yeah. My wife and I spent uh, a few days longer in Miami because uh, basically because with the COVID and everything else um, and just a lot of unrest that, that was going on at the time in Haiti, um, when we went down to get them, we didn't even leave the airport. Wow. We, we, uh, um, we actually finally flew down. Um, we left... Um, New Year's Day, January 1st, 2021. Uh, and we flew, we flew down um, from Miami at like six in the morning, left and got into Haiti at 830. And then we had to go through their customs there. And we even had to get a COVID test there to make sure we could go in the airport. And then they brought him to us. Um, we, we went to the edge of the airport and they brought him to us. Uh, and then we just kind of had to kind of walk around. I mean, uh, here you are in a third world Caribbean country. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, the airports, I mean, it's, it's a nice airport, yeah. uh, but you're outside and you just kind of have, we had to walk around uh, with him. And then, um, I mean, we got there at eight and we left sometime in the afternoon um, to fly back. Cause there's basically um, just a few flights there and a few flights out. Uh, and so we, uh, they brought him to us um, and we, we flew back um, to Miami and then got into Miami. And then once we got into Miami, we had to go through, he had to, he had to go through immigration. Um, and uh, basically we had to give all their paperwork and they had to go over. It. And then once he left immigration, he was then considered a U.S. citizen, um, yeah. even though we're still getting a lot of the paperwork still uh, months later. Uh, but then, then we were in Miami, then we flew to Indy uh, and then, 
I mean, I think we landed in Indy around 11 o'clock. Uh, it was funny. Talked about my love of sports. We didn't, not a lot of people, nobody else besides our family knew we were going down to get him because we didn't want to share a whole lot. And then something happened and us not be able to go get him. And yeah. so th- th- we were flying on January 1st. We're f- when we leave Miami to come back to Indy, Ohio State versus Clemson kicks off. <laughs> I hear you. And, and so I have, I, and, and so the, the plane that we were on didn't have Wi-Fi. It was, it was a little, I mean, it was, it was not a tiny plane, but it wasn't the big American Airlines planes. Right. It was a smaller plane. So it didn't have Wi-Fi. So I'm not, I have no idea what's going on in the game. So the whole time I'm like, I, I'm, I'm also thinking about that as we're bringing our son home. We land in India and I look on my phone and I look at the score and I was like, oh, wow. But then I look at my phone and I had so many people texting me about the game and like, why aren't you texting back? What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, and it's like, and we didn't say anything for a couple of days about getting him. And then after we did, people are like, oh, that's why. Yeah, I so, yeah we, we flew back. And so basically, and we got back to our house here in, in Brown County, uh, Indiana, at like January 2nd at like two in the morning. So within a matter of a day, we, we were in two different countries, three different states, uh, and then finally we're able to bring them back home. What was that moment like when you got there and they were like, here he is, he's yours? What yeah. was that like? Yeah, it was being New Year's Day, it was kind of, I mean, New Year's Day is huge. Yeah. Um, anywhere. And, but in, in Haiti, especially on New Year's Eve, they have big parties. And so they wanted to make sure that the people from the, the crash could get him there. And so... We get there and 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 we're waiting and and we're just kind of like looking out because there at the airport um, there are different people there to to pick people up um, and and all all that sort of stuff and so we're just kind of looking and and on our phone um, we're in we're in correspondence with um, somebody at the crash saying so and so is bringing him this is what they they just pulled up and and so we're just kind of watching and one of the things that we had talked about is uh, we were wondering how he would react because it'd been two years since we'd seen him. Um, I mean, even though the last several weeks before we went down and get, got him, we had zoom conversations. And so he saw us on video. We showed him his room. We showed him our house and things of that nature. But we're like, is he going to come up to us? Is he yeah. going to, is he going to be shy? Because the first time we went down there, he was really shy, but he was also two years old at that point. Now he's four. And yeah. so, he comes up and, and I remember my, my wife walked out towards him first and he just, he just ran right up to my wife and wow. I remember she, she kind of knelt down and she just, um, she just, and they just embraced and hugged and, yeah. and he, he was happy. And then, uh, and then after they hugged, she ha- handed him over to me and I held him and, and, uh, and we hugged and, um, we talked with the people from the, and, um, that brought him and they were really good. They stayed with us until we went as far as they could go at the airport there in Port-au-Prince until we went through the TSA um, checkpoint and we were back there. Uh, they made sure. And I mean, and he did, he, I mean, he was fantastic. Cause that was one of the things too, we're like, okay, is he going to be crying and yelling as we're traveling, especially when we get to Miami um, yeah. and with the language barrier and everything else. But I mean, he, he, he was fantastic. How, um, how, you know, Fast forward to today, how, yeah. how, how has he adjusted? How, is, how have you guys adjusted um, to, you know, two kids now? Um, yeah. and, and how is he adjusting to, you know, Brown County, Indiana versus yeah. you know, Haiti? 
Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it's still an adjustment. I mean, we've come a long way, but we still have a, a long way to go. Sure. Um, I mean, he, uh, he's doing, he's doing great. Um, he, I, uh, when, when he first got here, um, I mean, we had Google Translate on our phones. We had, my wife uh, had this uh, creative idea to have uh, signs up with like pictures of um, the, of like somebody playing with like the American word and the Creole word. So mm. we could be able to communicate with him. I mean, cause our Creole was very little. My wife knew a little bit more than I did. Um, but, um, but here we are over six months. And um, I mean, we're don't, I mean, little to no Creole at all. Just, just a few words here and there, just because it's one of those things we don't want him to forget that. Cause that's part of who he is. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but as far as that, um, and then, I mean, he, uh, I mean, food wise, he's, he's loving the, the American. <laughs> yeah. Um, being at the, at the orphanage, I mean, there at the, the crash he was at, I mean, having a lot of rice and beans, but I mean, he still has chicken and rice a lot, but he's, I mean, he, he eats a lot of stuff. I mean, he loves ice cream. Uh, and so he's, he's fitting uh -huh. in with us. And so with that, and so, um, and, uh, but, but I mean, not to, he doesn't eat, there are some things he still does. He still doesn't eat. Um, but no food wise, he's doing great. Um, yeah, we have been adjusting. I mean, Anderson went, 11 and a half years being an only child. And so he's had to adjust to being having a younger brother. Uh, yeah. and, and, and he's a great big brother to Lionel. I mean, they have their moments. Um, I mean, where brothers argue and fight and get mm. on each other's nerves, sure. but, then, but then they have their moments where, where they're right there for each other and playing and cool. uh, try to bottle up those moments as much as we can. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's, I mean, a lot of people are like, well, the hard work is over. No, the hard work's now starting because, I mean, we also, it's, we, we got him when he was four years old. And yeah. so, I mean, he has, uh, and, and, and he, I say he's a fighter because he's had to fight his whole life. Yeah. Um, he, when he first got to the orphanage at a year old, he was seven, seven or eight pounds. He was very malnourished. Yeah. And basically came because they were having a feeding program and his aunt wanted him to get fed. And so he, I mean, but now he's healthy. Um, and so he's just got a very strong will. He's a fighter. Um, he's he's going to be somebody who figures something out on his own. He doesn't want to hand out or help. And so, um, but, but yeah, we still, like I said, we've come a long way, but we have a long way to go, but um, wouldn't trade it for the world. Why? Um you know, why, why is adoption important? You think, I mean, why, like if, like if there was somebody who is listening on here and they're thinking about possibly adopting, or maybe that's, uh, you know, or, or maybe, maybe they're on the other side of it where they're thinking about, you know, because of certain situations, whatever plays putting a kid up for adoption, like what, why is adoption so important? Would you say? What I would say is, um, to um, adoption is important to to be able to, to to show love. I mean, we see throughout. I mean, we see in Paul uses this illustration a lot of of us being adopted um, yeah. by God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and we are we are God's family and, and part of that. And it, I mean, for us, we wanted to have an opportunity to to love on a on a child and to to 
to um, try to give him the best life that we could. Uh, and like I said, um, those where he was, the crash where he was at, that was an incredible crash. Um, I mean, the nannies, they loved on the kids. They, they were well taken care of. Um, but at the same time to be able to, um, for a child to be able to have a mom or dad, um, yeah. is, uh, is huge and a constant, um, because at the crash he was at the nannies, they would, I mean, they had a lot of nannies that rotated in because they worked different shifts, but to have a constant mom and dad to kind of, to show that unconditional love, I think is huge. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you first look in the Bible and you see kind of the, the first adoption that takes place, you know, it takes you all the way back to Exodus chapter two, where um, whether the you know, process was a lot different than what you went through, but um, you know, Moses is this, is this baby, you know, and, and he is, uh, you know, his, his Pharaoh is trying to kill all these Jewish boys. And so in order, in order for him to stay alive, his mom, uh, in her own way, puts him up for adoption. Now it certainly wasn't through a, a program, you know, they, she, she puts him in a river, uh, which is pretty dangerous in itself. Like, <laughs> you know, how bad does it have to be for your, you know, someone to put you in a river and say, man, I hope someone finds you or you somehow survive. Um, I I'm, I'm trying to like imagine right now, like someone putting a, a child in the Ohio river that would be jacked up. You know what I mean? But, yeah. um, Moses, he, he's born into this world where there's this, you know, uh, where, where being a baby was a very dangerous thing. Um, and you know, probably, you know, his lifestyle would have been on the run all the time. Um, but God has this solution, um, you know, to, to the killing of babies by, by being adopted um, in its own way. And Moses, he's put into this river. Uh, you know the story. He's found by Pharaoh's daughter. Um, and, you know, he's rescued. And, you know, so then he, he goes and, and actually um, he's able to uh, – in his own way, meet up with his mother again later on unintentionally, which is, which is pretty crazy, but, but he's brought from this, this life of, you know, fear to this life of freedom, to this life yeah. of safety. And, um, you know, it's so cool to look all the way back in Exodus chapter two, when that's going on. And then of course you referenced, um, Paul and how Paul talks about how, you know, we we've been adopted into God's family and, you know, and what an awesome thing to know. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of, of, of your son now, you know, and, and from, you know, the lifestyle that he had versus the lifestyle that he has, um, you know, I, I can't imagine what it must be like to be him to, to, you know, go from maybe a life of fear. Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking about there in Exodus with Moses, um, I made a comment earlier about um, Lionel um, when he first got to the crush there at a year old, he was like seven, eight pounds. Um, he was, he was brought there um, by his aunt um, because um, she, uh, they wanted him to be taken care of. Um, he is actually a twin uh, and his uh, twin sister and his mom uh, passed away three months after he was born. Wow. And so his dad is a farmer. And so his dad is a single parent in Haiti in a third world country being a farmer. He, 
I mean, he didn't have the resources to, to be able to keep him alive. And so, um, and so his dad, I mean, throughout the process, while we were waiting, one of the things that we had to wait for was his dad to, to waive his parental rights, which, which he did. Um, but, uh, every now and then where he, where he was at that mission, that ministry in that crash, they'll go back to the village where, where Lionel was from. And they had shown pictures, uh, to his dad of how he had progressed. And they say every time his dad just kind of tears up mm. and it's almost like, I mean, because of how well he's doing. And so, um, and, and that's one of the things we want to be able to do with him is, um, Yes, he's our son. And I mean, we at one at some point when he's older, like I said, he's five now. So it's going to have to be years down the road. We want to share his story with them. I mean, we're 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 going to make make sure he knows uh, his story uh, and we want to make sure he knows uh, where he's where he's from and to, to Haiti to be a part of his life. And I remember when we were in the airport in Port-au-Prince, um, I I took him there to use the uh, we were coming back from using the bathroom and um, a guy, a Haitian guy looked at me uh, and, and just said uh, um, in broken English, uh, never let him forget where he came from. And um, I said, yes, sir. Um, and that's something that we had already planned on doing, but um, I mean, we want him to be, to be proud of, of who he is and where he sure. came from. Um, and, and I, I often wonder what's going through his, his little mind when things are happening. You talk about, I mean, he's not afraid of a lot of things. Um, and so, um, but like, he's a pretty, he's a really strong kid, but I know there's probably some fear, but I often wonder what he's thinking because I mean, honestly, he's had more life experience in five years than, um, I mean, than I've had, I mean, pretty close to what I've had. I've had a really easy life. Yeah, for the first 39 years of my life so well i think it's super cool um what you guys do, did and how it parallels so much to you know kind of how jesus did for us is he took us in when when you know there was nothing that we brought to the table um and he loved us anyway you know and uh adopted us into his family treated us like you know we were, we were one of his own, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, kind of how I know you and Abby are doing the same thing, you know, you know, you, you love, you love both your boys, you know, you yeah. love them both. And uh, even though uh, he's not your biological son, you still, you know, treat him the same way you would, you know, exactly. Anderson. And um, just think it's super cool, man. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that, you know, may have questions if someone wanted to, and, and, and I, I don't want to take a whole lot of your time, but, but I, if someone like listening wanted to, let's say, uh, hey, you know, that, that may be something that I, I want to do. I want to adopt or whatever. Um, what would you like? Where would you lead someone? Where would you tell someone like if someone was thinking about adoption, what would you tell them to do first? Um, I would uh, make sure the first thing um, that I mean, this is something that God's really leading them on. Like I said, it is a process. It is a journey. Um, and there's uh, a lot of ups and downs, uh, and it's not just kind of something you decide, Hey, one day I'm going to do this. And but you gotta, I mean, yeah. really be ready for it. Uh, you gotta have a good support system. Um, whether, I mean, your family has got to be on board. Um, I mean, whether it's your, your spouse or, um, even, even your extended family as well. 
did you like, is there a, is there a place that you would recommend? Like if someone says, Hey, you know, I want to look into the process, like where would they go? Is there like a website or they're like a, you know, a, 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 I don't know, an agency or something that you would recommend someone to go through. Cause I'm sure there's multiple agencies. There, there are mar- multiple um, agencies. Um, and um, I, I'm, I, you're catching me off guard. I probably, but I probably should prepare it. Cause you did mention, we talk about the adoption. <laughs> you're good. You're I didn't good. know how deep we would get. Um, but um, kids first or kids choice up in Indianapolis is where we worked with a lot. They did our home studies and then they matched us with uh, depending on where you want to go. Uh, I mean, as far as international adoption, yeah. uh, where you want to go, there are, I mean, that, that all depends on what kind of agency you want to work with. So let me ask you this one's work in different areas. So what, what, what is it easier to, is it easier to adopt internationally or here uh, in the States? I would probably say in the States, not that I, I mean, I don't, I have a distance experience with that. My wife's cousin, um, they have four kids that they've adopted uh, domestically here uh, in Indiana. Um, and so uh, they had to go, I mean, they were foster parents, but then they adopted them. I mean, their biggest thing I think was just having the parents uh, sign um, sign their rights away. But I would think it's a lot easier here in the States than internationally. Um. I, I know probably and, and definitely, um, you know, the biggest thing is, is when you adopt is, is, is loving on them, uh, giving them a life that they never would have had before, um, showing Jesus to them, not only, not only teaching them about Jesus, but showing Jesus to them. Um, definitely like, you know, and, I, and I've been praying for you about this, man, because I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that you will, you will teach him about the Reds and how, uh, <laughs> And the Bengals and how much and IU man like, you know I uh, but no uh, in all honesty you know man that's super cool what you guys have done and um, just awesome that you're able to do that and there's so many kids out there right I mean there's so many kids that there are you know there if, are and I mean he he loves going to church with us he loves going to his class um, he loves um, I mean every night we do a Bible story we read it how much he's soaking in. I don't know, but he loves to do it. It's something he loves to do. He likes to pray um, when we pray. And so he likes when we pray as a family. And so, um, I mean, we're, we're, we're starting young. I mean, as, as we read, I mean, Proverbs train up a child. Yeah. And so um, we're, we're doing that. Um, And uh, yeah, by default, he's, he's loving sports and liking um, we just signed him up for soccer. Okay. Um, so he's really excited to play soccer this fall. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, you have to take him to uh, Bubba. Is it Bubba Blues that we used to go to there in, in Columbus? Is that even a thing anymore? I don't think it is. No, dude. Yeah, I know. There, there, there's not. There's only one barbecue place. The Smokehouse place is the only barbecue place in Columbus now. So. Wow. Did yeah. I say Bloomington? I meant to say Columbus, but anyways. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think you said, I think you said Columbus. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know, man, but, uh, man, I, I thank you for, for jumping on here and give me time. Today. Oh, not a problem. I thank you, man. It's just a super cool story. Um, wanted people to be able to hear like, you know, what all, in t- what all happens in a, in an adoption process. It's not yeah. just like, Hey man, this is a guy I saw on Facebook. That's the one I want. You know, yeah. it's more of, Hey, it's this long drawn out process, but in the end it's a rewarding thing. 
um, not only for, for the child, but also for you. Uh, and it's a learning process. Um, and it also is a model of what Jesus did for us. Uh, So, um, but, but man, I'm praying for you, praying for your school year. Um, you know, you're getting ready to start, uh, gosh, we're already almost halfway through July. It's going to be August before you know it. Yeah. Be starting school. What, what are you teaching at Columbus Christian? This year? Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned that earlier. Um, I, uh, yeah, started my ministry 17 years ago, uh, working at East Columbus Christian church on the church side. And now I have the opportunity to go back and work with the school. Uh, they share the same campus there. And, um, you mentioned that's where, where you and I, uh, first met and, uh, I will be teaching middle school Bible, um, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade Bible, uh, middle school gym, um, and, uh, and also the 12th grade Bible class. Dude, that's a good uh, gig. Yeah. 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 And then I'll also have the seniors too for, um, uh, government and econ, uh, throughout the year. So I'll have all the middle school kids and the seniors. So, uh, I'm excited, looking forward to it. Um, actually last night started working on kind of mapping out, uh, lesson plans and jumping into that. Um, but I'm also working, um, uh, have an opportunity to preach coming up here at a church in a couple of weeks, uh, actually two weekends in a row. So kind of working on my sermon for that as well. So a lot going on, but, but very exciting and uh, looking forward to this, this next chapter of ministry um, for us. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Congrats. Uh, I want to say this, um, funny story really quickly and I'll let you get off here. Okay. When I, when I was teaching now, I started teaching when I was teaching at Columbus Christian, I was teaching high school Bible and history. Um, and then the second go around, I was teaching elementary uh, Bible. And uh, when I was doing the high school and junior high Bible classes, I gave extra credit. Listen to this. Okay. When you wore a Colts Jersey in my class, I had a Bengals Jersey in there. And, and if you would take the Colts jersey off and put the Bengals jersey on, you got, extra <laughs> you got extra credit for that. Okay. If you would, if you would disown your rights to the, to, you know, your, your um, allegiance to the Colts and, and say that you're a Bengals fan and wore the jersey, you got extra credit for that. So nice. Um, I think I got a bunch of Browns jerseys and they're big. <laughs> I have bad luck with Browns jerseys, so I haven't bought any in a while and I can't get rid of them because they're Browns jerseys, but not a one of them plays anymore. And it's kind of embarrassing if I were to share the ones that are hanging in my closet. So. <laughs> oh man, I'm thinking, I'm thinking some names right now, like <laughs> in the graveyard of quarterbacks. You know? Uh, there's two of them in there, so yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, man, thanks so much for jumping on here today. I appreciate your time. Appreciate your friendship. Praying for you, praying for your family. Uh, Super happy for you, bro. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and uh, it was a blast. All right, man, we'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, Micah. This has been a Behind the Micah podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you check us out next week. And remember, we're always striving to love God, love others, and serve both.